It has been just over three years since that fateful day that the American media is so fixated upon took place. I am, of course, referring to January 6th and the events that unfolded in Washington, D.C. Shocking as it may seem, there are some people that are still being incarcerated and held pending the outcome of their trial with no bail. Meanwhile, in New York City, about three days ago, a lieutenant and a police officer were attempting to move some migrants along in Times Square when they went to arrest one who didn't want to move on and were quickly descended upon by four of his compadres, all illegal immigrants from Venezuela who beat the cops, fled on foot, were subsequently arrested, but then released without bail by a Manhattan district attorney, Alvin Bragg, and the judges who do his bidding. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury Show podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe to the show. And you can do so in one of several easy ways. You can either go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes App Store and simply download the free Podbean app, which is our hosting service. And you can search out The Jamie Dury Show and subscribe that way. Or you can simply use your native podcast aggregator app on either of those two devices and subscribe that way. Whichever way you choose to subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes like this are uploaded. You'll be able to leave reviews, comments. We need more of both so the show can grow. Please give us a five-star review. We do our best to try and give you a good show and report things that are not reported in most other places, or at least even if they are, they don't give you the perspective that we give you. So please give us a five-star review. And as always, if you have a question for me or a suggestion for a topic uh, for a show that you'd like me to cover, please email me at our new email address, the Jamie Dury Show at gmail.com. That's the Jamie Dury Show at gmail.com. So, what to make of it all? Well, the families of the people that are incarcerated in January 6th, or those that even those who are out and are being threatened with draconian sentences for the terrible affront of having walked into the people's house, after all, and sat in Nancy Pelosi's chair. Good heavens! Our democracy is under attack. These threadbare attempts to try and characterize this as an insurrection to make it seem more serious than it was are beneath contempt on the part of the Democrats. Not a single person walked into that Capitol with a gun or a weapon, and now... They're trying to suggest that they were engaged in insurrection. If so, it would be the first unarmed insurrection I've ever witnessed. They were reduced to trying to accuse one man, a sheriff's deputy who was involved, uh, trying to help a woman, actually, because he had a pair of motorcycle gloves. They tried to redefine them as brass knuckles. I don't know how motorcycle gloves qualify as brass knuckles. Brass knuckles are made of metal. And motorcycle gloves are made of leather. The two are not exactly the same. They're completely different. But that's how desperate they are to charge somebody with a, wep with a weapons offense. President Trump has pledged to pardon most, if not all, of these January 6th people. And those people are steadfastly supporting him. Meanwhile, in New York, Governor Hochul has now su suddenly woken up to the fact that 
people who come here illegally might be a problem. And she's calling for the deportation of the five people who assaulted the two New York City police officers, the lieutenant and the officer. I wonder, she'd do a lot better if she would call for the deportation of all of these rabble and not just these five. Uh, And so now when you see incidents like this, you can understand even more and sympathize even more with people like Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, who's decided long ago, hey, we don't want these people in Texas. They destroy our, destroy our property of our, of our citizens who own ranches along the Rio Grande as they tear down fences or any other barrier uh, that they want to come across into this country illegally. They visit crime upon us and anarchy. You want them, you Northeast liberals? You got them. We'll put them on a bus and send them right to you. And now they're crying uncle here in New York. Uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, is crying uncle. He says it's unsustainable. He can't deal with it anymore. Governor Hochul is now issuing statements from her office telling these people, hey, you know, New York City is a, uh, and New York State is a high cost of living state. Maybe you should look for some other place to go to if you want to come to the United States uh, illegally. Uh, I think it would be uh, laughable if it weren't so sad. But that's the current state of affairs here. And these people, one of them, I'm told, has been held because he's already involved in several other crimes, a robbery, uh, I think a sexual assault or something. But one of them wasn't even charged. And they've all since hopped on a bus and they are suspected of having fled to the state of sunny California, a state which is a complete disarray. Um, San Francisco is now a sewer. And New York City is right there. It's right on the precipice of following San Francisco into being an out-and-out sewer. I've told you folks before, I live in the heart of Manhattan. I live in what used to be considered a very desirable area. And I'm out at night walking my dog. And I'm tripping, literally tripping, over homeless people sleeping on sidewalks outside of luxury buildings that people pay a fortune to live in. I'm talking about places like Park Avenue, Madison Avenue, Lexington Avenue, and the side streets that connect these avenues. All very desirable places to live. Now, makeshift homeless shelters on the streets, and I can't believe that people aren't screaming about it. Now, if you're the sort of person that doesn't find this objectionable, Uh, or if you're the sort of person who's still clinging to the idea that we should vote for Joe Biden or the Democrats and Donald Trump is too extreme, you need your head examined. You obviously have a mental problem. And if you agree with all of this nonsense, you really have a mental problem and you're also part of the problem. You're the enemy and you need to be expunged. In the civil way, of course. But let's talk about this, because it's all tied together. Much is now being made of the poll numbers that are coming out, and you're going to see a lot of poll numbers now that Donald Trump has crushed it in the Iowa caucuses by a margin unheard of, 52% in a four-way race, and wiped out Nikki Haley by double digits in New Hampshire, which was arguably the place where she was going to make her best showing because of the peculiar rules of New Hampshire election law, allowing people who are independents 
to vote in the Republican primary and people who are Democrats and who suddenly declare themselves an independent so they can vote in the primary as long as you do it a certain period of time before the primary, all for the purpose of skewing the results and trying to stop Donald Trump. Well, all that failed, and having the governor, by the way, of the state, Chris Sununu, running around uh, hailing Haley, no pun intended, as the next best thing. And she's running around as if she won. Uh, you know, you can look at it two ways. She came in second, but really, she came in last because there were only two people in the race. So second isn't so good. Okay. So now you have Nevada. Now, Nevada, she didn't even make an effort. So Donald Trump is going to sweep Nevada. And in South Carolina, her home state, which is the next state after Nevada, virtually every prominent South Carolinian and politician down there, Tim Scott, the senator, all endorsing Donald Trump. So she's going to endure the ultimate humiliation and be crushed in her own home state. Now, after that, how you can make a credible argument that you should be the party's nominee and you're the person who can beat Joe Biden uh, in November is beyond me. It's strangely reminiscent of that other idiot. And you notice you haven't heard from him lately. In fact, I, I can't remember the last time other than myself talking about him on this show that anyone has mentioned the name John Kasich. Has anyone mentioned the name John Kasich lately to you? Do you even know who John Kasich is or was? He was the former governor of Ohio, and he was that chap running around in 2016 proclaiming how Trump's not going to be the nominee, and he's the only, he can't beat Hillary Clinton, only I can. Now, at the time Kasich said this, he had lost every single primary there was to lose. Um, and then at that time, there was multiple primaries. I think there were double-digit primaries by that time. Double-digit numbers of states, I mean. And he got crushed in every one. The only one he wound up winning was his home state of Ohio. And he didn't win it by a huge margin, but he won it. And based on this, everyone is supposed to abandon the winner, Trump, and support Kasich, because he's the only one. Nikki Haley is heading down that road, and if she continues the way she's continuing, her career in the GOP is going to be over as well. No one's going to forget this, but they will forget her as a candidate, and she will go by the way of the dodo, just as Mr. Kasich did. Nobody's talking about him, and nobody's ever going to be talking about him. He's done. But the media is still trying to convince you that she can win. Now, why do I say that? Well, there's been some new polls that have come out. Now, the poll that everyone, the anti-Trumpers, when I say everyone, are talking about is this new Quinnipiac poll. Uh, the Quinnipiac poll is an outlier poll. They're not always the best polls. Now, in this poll, they do a national poll. Head-to-head matchups. Biden opens up lead over Trump. This is on their website, Quinnipiac University poll. Biden opens up lead over Trump in head-to-head matchup. Haley leads Biden one-on-one, but trails when a third-party candidate is added. I'm just going to jump around through the article and give you some pull quotes. 
As signs point to the 2024 presidential election being a repeat of the 2020 race, Biden holds a lead over Trump, 50 to 44 percent among registered voters in a hypothetical general election matchup, according to Quinnipiac. The December 20th, 23 poll, the same hypothetical match was too close to call. So they want you to believe, because Biden at that time received 47 percent and Trump was getting 46. Now they're saying it's 50 to 44, so that Biden's gone up three and Trump's gone down two. Because we all know that things have gotten so much better and Biden has done so much, like watch our American service people get killed, no response uh, between December 20th and the latest poll, which should indicate why Biden should be doing better. Complete nonsense. Um, now, the breakdown of today's poll, Democrats going for Biden, 96% to 2% for Trump. Independents, 52% Biden, 40% Trump. Republicans, 91% Trump, 7% not, or Biden. The gap is widening. Women, 58 to 36, support Biden up from December when it was 53-41. Men, 53 to 42% support Trump, largely unchanged from December when it was 51-41. Look, this is all smoke and mirrors, and let me explain why. But before we go to that, let's go to the five-person race. If you get a five-person hypothetical for 2024, which includes Green Party candidates, Biden gets 39%, Trump gets 37 Robert F. Kennedy Jr. gets 14, Cornell West gets three, and Green Party candidate Jill Stein gets two. Among independents, it's a little different. Biden gets 35, Trump gets 27, Kennedy gets 24, West gets five, Stein gets five. Now they want you to believe that Haley is the kryptonite for Joe Biden. In a hypothetical between Biden and Haley, the former South Carolina governor gets 47% and Biden gets 42. 87% of the Democrats for Biden, 10% for Haley, 79% of Republicans for Haley, 4% for Biden. 53% of the independents for Haley, 37% for Biden. In a five-way matchup, Biden gets 36, Haley gets 29, Kennedy gets 21, Cornell West 3, Jill Stein 2. In all of these scenarios where they have these five-way races, what they seem to want you to believe is that this favors Biden. Now, the biggest chunk of the votes, other than those that go to Biden and Trump in the five-way matchup, go to Robert Kennedy. Now, Robert Kennedy Jr. is a staunch Democrat. And I have to believe that he would have to take more votes away from Biden than he would from Trump. So how Biden benefits from this five-way race is beyond me. I don't believe it because, again, these are all national numbers, meaning popular vote numbers. 
But that's not the way elections are held in this country. We have an electoral college. You have to win states. All politics is local. So instead of looking at a popular vote total and see how that shakes out, what you need to look at are the polls for 50 separate states and see who wins the majority of the electoral votes that way. On that score, it's not even a contest. Donald Trump is leading by wide margins in almost all the swing states, and he's leading by small margins in two. Uh, Pennsylvania, I believe, and the other one was Wisconsin. But he's leading in big numbers in Michigan. He's leading in um, Ohio, which is not even a swing state anymore. He's leading in Nevada. He's leading in Georgia. He's leading in North Carolina. Now, if he's leading in those states, in swing states, he's got to be doing better nationally than they're trying to make you out to believe. So I think what you're seeing here is the media knows there's no way they can spin the polls in the individual states to try and make it look like Nikki Haley is a viable alternative that can beat Donald Trump. And there's no way they can spin it because the numbers are so big that Trump is not clearly the front runner when it's done state by state. The only way they can do it is to try and fudge numbers by coming up with these national polls, which are meaningless in an election with an electoral college for the reasons I just mentioned, and try and really emphasize and hawk that. And by the way, it should be worth noting that this Quinnipiac poll, this national poll by Quinnipiac, is the only poll that comes up with this result. No other poll shows Biden doing this well. And any sane person has to see that Biden is a shell of a human being. He doesn't know where he is. Every time he opens his mouth, he, he, he makes a fool of himself. And he out and out lies. I saw a clip of him the other day asking about what to do about the migrant crisis. And he says, give me the law. Give me the authority. I'll shut down the border tomorrow. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's a complete crock of shit. The laws on the books in this country currently prevent everything. I shouldn't say prevent. They already prohibit. The only thing that prevents it is action. They prohibit what's happening on the border right now. They prohibit people from coming here illegally. There are legal sanctions you can use. You don't need to pass any new laws. Trump didn't have any new laws. All Trump did was enforce existing laws. And they tried to call him a draconian person or an anti-immigration person. He was nothing of the sort. This is what you have to start getting through your heads, that you're being lied to by the media. Trump did nothing more than enforce laws that were on the books passed by Congress with respect to immigration. They tried to portray him as anti-immigrant because the previous administration, Mr. Obama, didn't enforce the law. And Biden is not enforcing it either. In fact, he's doing worse than Obama did. So this is a crock. All he has to do is enforce the existing law. And if he wanted to, he could write executive orders that would give him even more power temporarily. So here's a man who, and, and a party that is facilitating illegal immigration, and they're going on record to try and make it look like they're not. So you're being hustled, 
uh, he's trying to hustle you, but he's fooling no one uh, but himself. Uh, and that's a fact. He's not fooling anyone but himself. Now, there's another poll that I wanted to hit from The Hill. Now, The Hill is a different uh, sort of place, a more conservative website, hill.com. Trump holds narrow lead over Biden in new poll. Former President Trump is holding a narrow four-point lead over President Biden in a new poll. 49% of registered voters in a CNN poll conducted by SSRS said they would be more likely to vote for Trump, while 45% say they would more likely vote for Biden. Now, this is interesting. The Hill is a conservative uh, website, but The Hill is quoting a liberal poll. It's quoting a poll conducted by CNN. And I don't think anyone out there is going to argue with me whether you're Democrat or Republican, liberal or conservative, to say that CNN is no fan of Donald Trump. So if they were looking to skew a poll, they certainly wouldn't do it so that Trump would come out ahead. So here's a national poll doing the same thing that the Quinnipiac poll did, and they've got Trump ahead. So I'm telling you, this Quinnipiac poll is a complete outlier. It's going nowhere. Uh, The numbers only get bigger and better for Trump. And I don't see any change uh, in those numbers. To get any kind of change at all, Biden would have to make such, such a drastic change in policy on so many fronts. And those the effects of those changes would have to manifest themselves in such a short period of time that one, I don't think it's possible. And two, at the end of the day, even if he makes all those changes, all you have to do is look at the man, listen to him speak and hear that he's not all there. He's out to lunch. He's ridden with dementia. I don't know how they're going to, prepare him for a debate against Trump or anybody else. And if they try and take the road, well, we're not going to debate Trump because he's against our democracy. I don't think it's going to fly. There's never been, since debates began, there's never been a presidential election in this country where the two contenders did not debate each other. There have been elections where there were not Multiple debates. I know there was some difficulty getting uh, Reagan and Carter to agree or their camps to agree on the terms. And um, there was only one debate in the 1980 election between uh, Jimmy Carter, the incumbent president, and the challenger, uh, Ronald Reagan. In the next election cycle against um, uh, Walter Mondale, I believe there were two debates. There was the, uh, between uh, Reagan and and Mondale. So, but the first was only one. But there's always been some. So even if they only agree to one, they're going to have to have a debate. And if he doesn't, I think he loses even more support uh, if he backs away from a debate. In other news, if you've been following it, Fannie Willis, the uh, daughter of a Black Panther who's now the district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, prosecuting Trump on election interference, whatever she's doing down there. She's now been hit with 22 counts of impeachment by Georgia. She's been subpoenaed before the House 
to answer questions, the House Judiciary Committee. And a very interesting thing happened with her uh, paramour, Mr. Wade, the person she hired to prosecute Trump, a man who'd never done anything more than work in traffic court and never had any experience prosecuting a RICO case or a case of this magnitude, and then paid him more than everybody else. She was a prominent figure in his divorce proceeding because she was seeing him while he was in the midst of the divorce. And there was supposed to be a hearing uh, earlier this week where she was going to be forced to testify and he was going to be forced to testify about that relationship. And it looks like rather than risk exposure of that, he caved in and made a, a tentative settlement agreement with his soon-to-be ex-wife. And he probably gave a more generous settlement than he otherwise would have given if it wasn't for the fact that he was trying to end this thing quickly so that he could try and save face. But all of these things are nothing more than delaying tactics. Uh, there's a serious problem with Fannie Willis. She has serious ethical problems. She may wind up getting sanctioned, and the judge may throw her off the case. I think this whole thing should be dismissed uh, because there's more to this than just this unholy relationship between her and the prosecutor because they're sleeping together. What really needs to be answered, in addition to these terrible ethical violations, with respect to the case itself, I would like more, more, uh, much more in the way of investigation and information as to why Mr. Wade, the prosecutor, made multiple visits to the White House on behalf of the people of Georgia because he was paid $2,000 for each of these visits. Who was he speaking to in the White House? And what about? Because all of these meetings came in advance of the indictment. So it wasn't as though Fannie Willis had uh, some attorneys in her office present these things to a grand jury and get an indictment or hire somebody to go look through things. She hired this man in advance they went to the White House for one purpose and one purpose only, to coordinate information. So despite their representations to the contrary, the Biden administration's fingerprints are all over this Georgia indictment, just as I am certain if you dig deep enough, you'll find the fingerprints all over the indictment in New York. You'll find it definitely over everything that Jack Smith is doing, that piece of garbage um, in Washington because he was appointed by Garland. All of these things are going to come to pass. People are seeing it. People understand it. People are realizing it. That is why, despite these indictments, Donald Trump's numbers continue to go up, because people view it as nothing more than a series of persecutions designed to punish and keep him from reattaining the position that he once held. And they're willing to twist the law lie, and perjure themselves in order to do it. On a sad note, before I close out the show, uh, in doing my research on the show, I was reading the New York Post. Uh, and in the New York Post, because I hadn't heard it on the news, and I usually listen um, to the radio quite a bit, but I was um, reading the New York Post and 
it looks like Apollo Creed has died. That's right. Carl Weathers, the actor who brought the character Apollo Creed to life, has passed away at the age of 76. Now, the article did not go on to uh, detail what Mr. Weathers uh, died of. Uh, I don't know if he had been ill, uh, what he was, if he was suffering from anything, or if it was a sudden uh, Ill, a heart attack or something that came upon him. But Carl Weathers is dead at age 76. Carl Weathers actually played in the NFL for eight games with the Oakland Raiders. Um, a real gentleman. Um, a lot of accolades have come in for him. It says right, one, one such um, friend said Call was an exceptional human being who lived an extraordinary life through his contributions to film, television, the arts, and sports. He has left an indelible mark and is recognized worldwide and across generations. He was a beloved brother, father, grandfather, partner, and friend. So, um, sympathies and condolences to the Weathers family on their loss. Uh, he was an iconic figure, and he will be missed. That's all for now. Have a great weekend. I hope to see you guys on Monday. For the Jamie Dury Show, I'm Jamie Dury.